You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are here talking about Black Mirror. Once again, season five, last episode of the season. I don't know, is it the last episode of the season? I still haven't going to look it up. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be... I, I, I remember hearing something about there are going to be uh, three more episodes like around December. But yeah, I think we talked about that. I, di- I never went and looked it up, so I don't know if that's a true true fact or not. It's not the true true. It's not the true true. Um, but yes, we're, we're here and we don't have Stephen with us, but this week it's going to be John. Right here. And Jessica. Hello. All right. So uh, we're going to be talking about... What's the... Oh, I'm sorry. And also Tesla. Tesla's here. So <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, was it Jesse, Jack, and Ashley too? No, that's not right. That's right. Yeah. No, no. It's no. The, first, the first girl's not named Jesse. I think it's Jack, Jesse, and Ashley too. No, that's not it either. Why, why would you just lie? It's Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> Jack, and Ashley too. It's Jack and Diane. <laughs> Little Diddy. <laughs> Little Diddy. <laughs> Apparently that was it, that's based off of something else. Like, uh, let me see. It's, oh, it's a title of an episode in reference to Rita Sue and Bob Two from 1987. Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah, you know, oh, okay. a movie from 1987. Something. But they also have an artificial intelligent toy. It says realistic story of working class Yorkshire life. The two schoolgirls have a sexual fling with a married man, serious and lighthearted by turns. That's oh, it's just like it. That's just like it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can see where they pulled the influence from. I mean, Charlie. I mean, that sounds more like a Black Mirror episode than this was, to be Char- honest. Char- Charlie Charlie Brooker's kind of a strange dude. Yeah, he's the new Alan Ball. Yeah, you know, we're gonna. I, I hope we're gonna dig into that because this season was very. Uh, I mean, other than striking vipers, I feel like this season was very un Black Mirror-ish. This one specifically, mm-hmm. yeah. This one did not feel like Black Mirror. This felt like Goosebumps. <sighs> see. Uh, I didn't feel I didn't I didn't get goosebumps from it. I got uh, uh not even Twilight Zone. I don't know exactly what I got from it. I just kind of yeah. So Really? Mm. I mean, I liked the episode, but it just didn't I don't know. We'll we'll get to it. It wasn't as I guess it wasn't as horror based. Yeah. As I mean, other episodes I've I th- seen. I think what it is is because it's already technology we've seen in the show. Like this is the the stuff from White Christmas like the 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 little egg thing to yeah. to do task for her like i mean I, that's how i felt but uh all right so first let's get to some news um we talked about it before 
uh, Warner Brothers wasn't going to be going to Hall H this year for San Diego Comic-Con, but guess who is? Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios is going to be bringing their lineup there, so mm -hmm. I'm guessing there's going to be some announcements from casting. We're going to probably have a Shang-Chi casting announcement. We'll have Eternals casting announcements. We'll have some footage from Black Widow. Um, maybe, I think that's, Black Widow's the next one to come out. Um, we'll already have had Far From Home come out, so I doubt, I don't know if Tom Holland will be there or not, but maybe there's something big that happens in far from home that will be have repercussions and people will talk about it at uh san diego comic-con yeah i think the big announcement will be that uh, they'll lower the lights <laughs> and they say ladies and gentlemen you know you wanted this and then curtains will part there's no curtains there they'll put some <laughs> oh, okay and keanu reeves will just step out I mean, Kevin Feige yeah. this week has talked about how like they have tried mm -hmm. repeatedly to get Kevin or to get Keanu Reeves into the MCU. Uh, last talks was that he was going to be in Eternals for, as a some character. Oh, I think the last thing I saw too was somebody said he'd be a good Moon Knight. I don't know. <laughs> I like that was the last article I saw about Keanu Reeves. I mean, I'll be I'll, I'm I'm in for it, but I don't know if he'd make a good Moon Knight. <laughs> I feel like I saw your soul just like twinge there. <laughs> I honestly don't know who I would want Keanu Reeves to play, and I'm fine with that. Like, just Keanu Reeves shows up, and I'm like, all right, I'm cool, I'm in. Like, yeah. I think he should be the Beyonder. You think he should be the Beyonder? I think you didn't you want Mark Hamill for the longest time to be the Beyonder? I mean, he could be too. But there's, there's, there's only so many roles that can be you know be brought around. Um, I mean, my default is always going to be Dark Hawk because Dark Hawk's never going to be made into a movie. So I just like I can to, I can see him showing up in Guardians of the Galaxy three. I suppose, yeah, before yeah. he ends up on Earth. Yeah. Maybe that could be how they... He could be the voice of Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> he could be the voice of Beta Ray Bill. If you went and saw Toy Story 4, he's he's Duke Kaboom. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he's he pretty good. And he's, he's pretty the cool. voice of Keanu in the movie Keanu. Yeah, that's right. And he is the voice of the cat Keanu. Yeah. Uh, does so, a good job in that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige saying they've, been, they've talked many times to try and get Keanu Reeves into the MCU. Uh, I can't wait to find out what they end up doing if he does join. Is there any other big announcements that you might be looking for, Jessica? Um, let's see. At, I don't know, because they'll probably also be at D23. Yep. So I'm also more interested in the Marvel land that they're going to be building in Disney. But mm. I think they'll do that at D23 over doing it. That's true. At Comic Con, so there was news reports of of Marvel Land being oh yeah, the news on. reports are now. I've known about it for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> like they already have Stark Industries like blocking off the area. So there you go. Uh, yeah, just go go to Jess for your uh, all your Disney news, <laughs> Disney <laughs> updates when uh, when you need when you need that. Yeah, um, Marvel Land. I mean. If you wanted me to get to Disneyland, that's, that's the way to do it. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Can we just charge it on the uh, Geek Elite the corporate account? Well, yeah, I mean, we sure can. I'm wondering how you get those press passes. Because there was like a lot of normal vloggers I saw on press passes at the Star Wars. For land, the Galaxy Land? Yeah. Or Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. So I wonder how you get press passes. Yeah, for you this is something like I have to look into. Yeah, probably. <laughs> We're going to need to get some... Uh, First, uh, first looks at those rides and and characters and stuff. We I just mean, need to buy a bunch of Russian bots to uh, like our stuff and. I mean, raise our the, the, other people do that, so <laughs> 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 that's a thing that happens. 
Uh, speaking of Marvel, Avengers Endgame is going to be returning to theaters. I mean, it actually hasn't left yet, but it's going to be <laughs> returning again the week before Far From Home comes out. And it's being upgraded. It's go- yeah, it's going to be upgraded. It, some little you know Stark Industry nanobots are going to come in there. They're going to put some upgrades in. Uh, we're gonna. There's gonna be an actual post credit or yeah, post credit scene this time. Uh, if you remember watching it the first time around, there was no post credit scenes other than the signatures during the mid credit scene from all the cast members or the main Avengers. Um, this time though, Kevin Feige has come out and said there will not be an extended cut of the movie, but there will be a version going into the theaters with a bit of a marketing push with a few new things at the end of the movie. If you stay and watch the movie after the credits, there will be deleted scene. There will be a deleted scene, a little tribute, and a few surprises. So, any any speculation what the deleted scene could possibly be? Um, maybe an alternate ending. An alternate ending. I mean, so we didn't. We do know that the. Oh, wow. Okay. So spoilers. If you haven't watched in game yet, because you're the one person that hasn't. If you listen to this and you haven't seen it, yeah. What's wrong with you? So the the Tony Stark funeral scene was actually when they filmed it. It was the wedding scene. They told all the cast members that they were watching a wedding happen. So it would have been Pepper. Is that why they look so happy at the? I mean, they don't look happy. That's <laughs> what I thought was weird. Yeah. So what I only thing I can think of is like they told them to stand here. You're going to be looking at a wedding, and then they filmed them. Like, just kind of standing there, not doing anything. Not actually, yeah. Yeah, and then they were like, okay, now you guys can act happy. Now act a little bit sadder about it or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they told them that it was a wedding scene. They told them that it was Tony and Pepper's wedding scene. So I wonder why why, uh, or why everybody looks somber. But um, with that, do we see the actual wedding scene that they might have filmed? Is that, is that a possibility? I, yeah, maybe. Oh, actually, I think I remember hearing there was a scene that was filmed, or well, at least it's rumored, um, that uh, when um, when Tony does the snap and he's kind of like dying, that he goes to that orange like spirit, the soul world. Oh, that would make sense. The okay. way that Thanos did, um, and he sees um, an older version of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, who basically said that he saved everyone and you know what he did was worthwhile and that he can rest now or something like that. Essentially, like that's what why, Pepper says. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but in a more spiritual context, I suppose. That's interesting. So that would have been kind of neat, maybe a little weird for like the actual theatrical run, but a cool idea nonetheless. But it, it gives a little bit more of gravity to uh, Pepper's scene. Like, she gets to be the one that says, you, you can rest now. Because she, ha- she has that yeah. scene earlier, you know, like, he's, how he's talking about he's not he's not sleeping or whatever. Yeah. And that might also be the scene, if you're right, that's the scene that, that Catherine Langford, the, the actress from uh, 13 Reasons Why, that she was supposed to play. Oh. Yeah, because everybody yeah. thought she was going to be uh, Hawkeye 2 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Kate Bishop. Yeah, a lot of people thought that she was going to be playing that role. Oh, so but she just might be adult Morgan. Mm. Hmm. Um, the tribute. We're guessing Stanley. I mean, who else? Yeah. Maybe Jack. Jack Kirby would have had a lot to do with all these. I mean, there's no. I mean, we we 
so the beginning of Captain Marvel, you have the 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 Marvel flipping scene is all Stanley, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they kind of already had a tribute to him. Not that we can't have more. I mean, don't get me <laughs> wrong, but like you know, you, Jack made a, Jack Kirby made a lot of these characters. Steve Ditko passed away in the past year. He you know he was creative force behind Doctor Strange and Spider Man. So they could have had a tribute to him. I don't know. It could be a tribute to everybody, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, any anything on the on the few surprises? Any speculation? Um, maybe a tease for Phase Four and Ooh. some yeah. logos. I mean, they don't even have to show much, but if they showed an X and a number four, I mean, that would be pretty incredible. <laughs> that yeah. would it would be. I mean, we, we they've talked many times. Feige's talked many times about how you know there's not going to be anything with the exa- the X Men for at least five years but he constantly le- i think he constantly leaves out the fantastic four for a reason he doesn't mm-hmm. say there's gonna be it's five years down the line for fantastic four hmm. well i think that's what we're gonna get okay okay hopefully hopefully we get to see something like that todd phillips todd phillips is making the walking phoenix joker movie and he says that is now confirmed that we are getting an r-rated joker movie I hope that means there's going to be a lot of cussing. Cussing, probably. A lot of violence. Violence. Yeah, Yeah, blood, violence. Um, I have my reserves about this movie already. I I don't know. The the R rating doesn't make me more excited or less excited for the movie. So I don't know how I feel about this. Are you guys excited for for Uh, Joker? No. I don't really love stories about villains it's so <laughs> <laughs> not my point of view all right i mean i am excited for like walking phoenix mm-hmm. i do like him as an actor so i'll probably will end up seeing it but um no not really and i'm kind of the same way like an r rating like the rating of a movie doesn't make it good or bad right i don't know why people get excited oh it's r-rated and i was like it could still be a crappy film <laughs> like, <laughs> no matter what rating it is doesn't like, matter how many cuss words you throw in there like yeah, like like uh, when you when you when they made Logan and they were like, oh, Logan's gonna be R-rated. You know, Wolverine's gonna finally get to cut loose. And it's like he doesn't really do anything that's too over graphic in that movie. No. There's the part where he like slices into that dude's head, but if you, that wasn't there, it wouldn't have ruined the movie. Fine, yeah. What was that? You see boobs. Okay. But I don't want to see boobs in the Joker movie. That just feels so out of place. I, uh, really? I really? fear that would be the most in place. Way. I mean, out of place was in was in uh, Logan. In place would be this seedy dude that can't, you know, is down on his luck all the time, wants to be a clown and, and fails at it. So he goes to a strip bar. Like that's those are where the boobs are. Or things that like a hooker is his girlfriend or something. And that's kind of what the rumor that Zazie Beetz character would be is going to be. Of course. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's certain things where it just feel it would feel forced. Like I've they made Resident Evil, the first one, mm-hmm. R rated and it really didn't need to be. And mm-hmm. the only reason I they think it was was because they it was clearly a reshoot cuz it was like unlike it, you know, completely separate from the rest of the movie. It was just the end sequence. Oh, the part when she falls bit. out of the chair. Yeah, and you yeah. get to see like a little bit of her like nether regions and um, I don't know if that's why it got the R rating. I'm pretty. I'm sure pretty sure it's for reason. the chomping on the faces. Well, maybe, but even then, like, I mean, Venom got away with a lot of face chomping. No, it, it cuts away. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it cut away. Like, you don't have. You that's how you get a PG thirteen. Yeah. That's just. It's just like. Um, 
It's a uh, Pulp Fiction when when Bruce Willis goes to use the samurai sword. You don't actually see him use the samurai sword. It's all implied. He cuts away. Well, yeah, but you still know he did it. Yeah, I yeah, know. But it's the implication of it. It's it's yeah. yeah. It's, so it's, that it's what you actually see. That's yeah. where the MPP, MPAA goes from. It's it's all about what you actually see, not what what's being implied. Have you ever seen that documentary? The this is movies rated R or yep. something like or that. Or this is a it's unrated or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've okay. seen that that doc. It's it's bullshit. And <laughs> the MPAA is complete bull. Like it's it's literally. Four or five people, usually dudes, mm-hmm. that just sit in a room and be like, "Well, nope, I I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable." So it's an R rated. Yeah, it's all like, it's all politics. Yeah, and preferential treatment. Exactly. It's like, yeah. it, like that one goes right into what boys don't cry because, yeah. uh, and what's, history of what's, violence. What's 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 the actress's name? Chloe Savini. Is it Chloe Savini that has the the orgasm on 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 screen in that movie, or was it? Hey, hey, Nick. No, what's the main lady? The one that won the Oscar for it? Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Yeah. I wanted to say Haley something, but Hillary. Yeah, she she groans or something like that. Someone groans and they're like, oh, nope, that's our, it's an R-rated movie now. <laughs> yeah, because it was a woman groaning. Yeah. So it, like, that doesn't happen for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I get that. M- the MPAA is, is terrible and uh, I, I just don't, it, the, the R rating for Joker does not entice me or unentice me any for this movie. Well, me, on the other hand, I do like a good villain story. And <laughs> I think the R rating could definitely serve it, as long as it's not for something gratuitous that you could easily do as a PG-13. Like, if it needs it in order to actually tell the story it wants to tell, I think it's going to be great. And I'm, unlike you, definitely very looking forward to this, because <laughs> I think it could be greatly great. I feel like you should, if... At worst, you should be neutral about it because I know that, you know, the Joker's not a, a villain you care for that much and a story centered specifically around him, especially one that deviates from the source material. There is my problem. Mm. It deviates. Yes. Um, you know what, though? It's, let's check it out. I think you might be surprised. I mean, do we need to go back a few episodes where we t- <laughs> talked about things deviating and you being upset? <laughs> I mean, there's definitely the possibility of it going wrong, but there's deviations that actually really work out well too. Yeah, I look, I, I understand it. it. It's if if I have to look at it as a comic book reader, it has to be an Elseworld. It has to be something that's not a part of the main story of the Joker. But the problem with me is that can't I get the main story of the Joker first before we go with the deviated version? But what really makes a main story? I mean, any writer can come in and just because somebody might have done something first, and even if they don't. There's always going to be somebody's preferred, oh, well, you know, the anything pre-crisis doesn't really matter now. It's going to be post-crisis or but anything even, after rebirth is the real stuff now. Even with, even with with retellings and rebirths and, and post-crisis and stuff, you still have a general tone of each character, of way that they, they, they came about and, you know, their storyline and how, why they act the way they act. And you're giving an origin to an agent of chaos Someone that doesn't belong, that doesn't have an age, doesn't have an origin story for a reason. Now, now you're what? What are you trying to say about the Joker? Is that we should feel sorry for him? Obviously, he's he was beaten down by society, and and you know, there's a reason why he acts the way he acts. Are you making it acceptable at that point? Yeah. And you kind of want the Joker to be just the ultimate bad. You don't really want your audience to. Because now, now it's to him. now it's Batman beating on a guy that's already been beaten down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
We don't want the we don't want the we don't want Batman to to second thought when he has to apprehend the Joker. Well, I mean, and Batman definitely has second thoughts because he can never bring himself to. That's not a second thought, though. Take care of. See, I feel like it's one of those situations though where like. In the old days, you could be really black and white about something like that. Oh, of course. And now it feels a lot more nuanced and there's a lot more, you know, like even some of the biggest villains in, in real world history, you know, may have had some something that drove them to that, that you could feel sympathetic for. It's like, oh, I could see if that had happened to me, I turned out to be a complete lunatic asshole as well. But that's why we have fiction. Yeah. Like I, I can sit there... I can sit there and think about all the people that the Punisher just mows down with his machine guns. Like that dude has a has a son and, and a yeah. wife and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if I don't think about that and just be like, this dude's a drug dealer that sells drugs to kids and and shoots other other innocent women in the middle of the street, then I'm okay with it. So what you're saying is, as long as you distance yourself and don't see in fiction, the, yes, in fiction. <laughs> In real life, I do have problems with people hurting other people. Like it's, it kind of sucks when a soldier is out having to uh, shoot like civilians as the casualties of war. But if yes. you're a drone pilot, you don't get to see who you're shooting at, so it's all good. Once again, hmm. there's a difference between fiction and real life. That draw lines. I'm just saying, I, it, fiction is supposed to be escapism. I'm supposed to be able to not have to worry about real life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's always the case, though. I feel like fiction can sometimes help you realize things about reality that you otherwise wouldn't see because you want to see reality a certain way and distance yourself away from that. It could be a good way to kind of work in through the back door. It's like, oh, I hadn't considered things from this point of view. And No, yeah, that's that's what good storytelling should do. But And I think the Joker's going to have some good storytelling is all it. my point. Todd Phillips, good storytelling. You know what? A lot of people hated the third Hangover. I actually think it's the best one of the bunch, <laughs> and that's why you're wrong. Oh. On a lot of because it, <laughs> see, but, but that's because this one's—it's no longer a, just a like a comedy. It's a straight up like crime thriller with some funny elements in it. It actually is was surprisingly good. At first, I was like, "This is nothing like the other two. And I mean, the second one was really just a remake of the first in the, a different country. Yeah, but the third one really kind of took it somewhere different and i was impressed i was like whoa like and i think todd phillips is a really good director i mean you may not be a fan of his style of comedy but like but that's all that's all i've seen not dodgeball Dodgeball, but Uh, yeah that's all i've seen from him is is his comedy this isn't going to be a comedy it's not gonna be a slapstick comedy i meant to say road trip not dodgeball i don't know why and road trip is a good movie hangover is a good movie i you know uh starsky and hutch is a good movie yes it is yeah i I like his comedies i I don't have a problem with that i love the dan band (laughs) (laughs) so does he (laughs) uh I don't know. Well, I guess, I mean, I'll be there to watch it. So it's already got my money, but we'll see. Um, so we talked, we watched the first. Oh, well, before we get to that, we're going to, you know what else is getting an R rating? You know what else has been confirmed for R rating? <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie. This one I probably do have a problem with being R rated. Okay. I, w- I want to hear this. I feel like it's very anti-Star Trek. Not that I'm a huge Trekkie, uh-huh. but I just feel like Star Trek is kind of sort of wholesome-ish. And I don't know if I agree with it being R-rated. Well, you haven't like seen Star PG Trek Discovery, 13. have you? I know I haven't. I need to watch that. Maybe that will change my mind. I, 
But well, I I definitely say since Abrams took over uh, Star Trek, you know, making his 2009 Star Trek movie, uh, it's definitely become a lot more edgy, yeah, quote unquote edgy. But even then, it didn't push a rating. No, you know, it still you're absolutely felt right. like yeah, it's like a my version of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I don't know, turning it R rated, especially if it's Tarantino, <laughs> turning it R rated like Tarantino like beheadings with like the over the top blood like is that what it's gonna be it's like it's gonna be foot fetishes he, oh, there's a lot of alien feet yeah like, well, I the cheesiness of his r ratings i mean he, he said that it's definitely gonna be full of full of profanity so you, that's gonna be one part of it obviously yeah um, i assume yeah we will see a lot more blood and we, we saw a lot and more feet. blood in, in discovery we'll be seeing lots of feet okay and feet and yes feet? Okay. He, he, we got it he's got a foot fetish <laughs> i mean i wonder if andorian feet have little antenna on them too like that'd be kind of <laughs> i doubt it <laughs> i mean things gene roddenberry never thought about so <laughs> or maybe he did maybe there's old drawings somewhere there's gonna be an alien species that has their genitals on their feet ah <sighs> Thank you. That was actually a story point in uh, part six. Yeah, what is that? Is that one undiscovered the, country? Or yeah, one of them had him on their Final knees Frontier. or something? It was, yeah, their it was shins. his knees. Because mm-hmm. Shatner hit, kicks him in the knees and he's like, it's a good thing his knees were weak. And she's like, it's all the, not everybody's genitals are located in the same place, Earth Man or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I get you. He speaks my language. Um. I, I don't know. I, I I've never been the biggest Star Trek person either, so I I could take this or leave it. It's not a it's not a it's not a ender for me. Like just like Joker. So I, I don't even know if this movie's gonna be made. Like I know he's written the script. Is he is he gonna direct it? Is it gonna be one of his ten movies? Because he said he's only gonna do no, ten. No, I think not. he said that this is not gonna be one of his ten movies. Oh, okay, so I think his tenth movie should be like. Uh, Kill Bill number three or something like that. Supposedly. Should should Kill Bill and Kill Bill Volume Two be considered two different movies? Shouldn't that be considered one movie? Because he he want he made it as one movie. They just made him cut it into two. Ooh. Mm. Is there like a way to watch them both together? Like yeah. they did with yeah, uh, it flows yeah. Because um, I mean, technically, that's what they did with Hateful Eight. Now there's like a mini series that's like six hours long, as opposed to Ooh. four. Ooh. Ouch. That, that movie felt like it was eight hours long. You want me to sit there and actually <laughs> sit there for eight hours? Yeah, it's on Netflix or something like that, right? Yeah, that they, on they, Netflix, they, there's they like a special enough. cut of it. Ugh. No, thank you. Uh, all right. Well, Tarantino, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, where it goes from here. But with more Star Trek news, Star Trek Discovery, uh, season three will be wrapping up. And then after season three, uh, we will get section 31, the... I think it's called 31. It's the the show that will have um, Michelle Yeoh's character. Giorgio. Giorgio, yeah. From the Mirror Universe in her Black Ops group. So Now that um, seeing the logo for the Picard show, by the way, kind of brief tangent. Um, did you see that in Mars, I think, they found like, <laughs> yeah, the Starfleet I did see that. logo? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the shape of it. Yeah. There's no star like, in the middle. It's like, whoa, that's where they filmed uh, Discovery, that <laughs> pilot episode. Uh, yeah, the Picard poster has his vineyard, but with a Starfleet, like the hedges making in a Starfleet symbol. Um, 
Also, it sounds like Kurtzman is is not doing so well over there at the at, at Star Trek Discovery, even though he is essentially the executive producer. He's the I don't know if he's the showrunner anymore, but he's the one in charge of what because he wrote him and Orsi. Yes, Kurtzman and Orsi. Like Kurtzman and yeah, Ryan Alex Joe. Kurtzman and Robert Orsi wrote the 2009 J.J. Abrams version of the movie. I believe they stuck with it until the two of them broke their partnership up and then Kurtzman stayed with it so uh I don't know uh I I think he's been doing a good enough job with the with the stuff I mean obviously people are into the the show that it's going into a third season now we've we've watched one season of it we'll see if they and then they've got the animated show that they're going to be doing too it's the one that's just about crew members or something like that so huh. that's a that's another thing did you watch any of Discovery? No, it's it's on my list to watch. I just keep on forgetting about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, There's if you've some... ever wondered what Klingon boobs look like, you'll get it. Yeah, I've wondered that, so I'll be sure <laughs> I'll hop on that right now. Did it keep you up at night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's interesting. Like, there's so much stuff to watch. I can understand that you yeah. hadn't gotten around to it if you weren't the biggest Star Trek fan, but uh, it, it's obviously spawning a whole new universe of trek stuff so uh there's that to do all right john taduro everybody a fan of john taduro right here oh, he's okay he's okay yeah. <laughs> well he was in the big lebowski back in 19 something 97 was it 97 when the lebowski came out and he played what the character's name was jesus the jesus the, the jesus. jesus sorry so uh i guess his spinoff movie which is gonna be called going places is finishing up filming i didn't even know that they had started filming i don't think it's the coen brothers that are doing it either i can see that yeah. i think it said something about tutorial was oh, was it john tutorial was finally done editing and filming his big lebowski spinoff going places does that mean that he directed it the actor played the eccentric bullying extraordinaire and pederast <laughs> jesus quintana in the Coen Brothers cult comedy and has been itching to reprise the role pretty much ever since. He oh, eventually he got the Coen's blessing to do so in 2016, set to work shortly after the remake of French author-filmmaker Bertrand Belier's 1974 comedy Going Places that doubles as a spinoff about Jesus and two fellow sexual degenerates. So, I've never been the biggest fan of the Big Lebowski movies. Or movie. Yeah, movie. <laughs> uh, I don't. More than one. <laughs> I think sure. I'm not a big fan of Coen Brother movies. I actually, accurate. I do like Coen Brother I do films. like, yeah. Yeah. I like, I like half of their stuff. I usually like their dramas more than their comedies. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think Lebowski is probably my favorite comedy, though. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I don't know if you consider that a uh, comedy or not. Uh, it's funny-ish. Yeah. I mean, as much as a Greek tr- classic is. Right. So, so where, where where do you fall? Where do each of you fall in going places? Do you want to see more of the Jesus? No. <laughs> I, I think up. that one monologue inter- introducing him was probably enough for his character. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of like torn on it too because, I, I mean, I, I love the Big Lebowski and I thought the Jesus' character was great for what he served in the movie, which is just an offbeat character. We don't need to see more of him. We don't need to have it, any of it expounded upon. And from what I've been hearing, they're going to kind of retcon it where he's not actually 
Uh, it's as, all a misunderstanding. Yeah, he's not as big a pervert as they're making him out to be, or something. Or the uh, dude licks his bowling ball. Yes, he, who who doesn't? Anybody uh, that's ever seen people use a bowling ball. <laughs> the dude, the dude shows himself to children. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, and I guess that's what they're going to. I guess you know, elaborate that it wasn't how they're portraying that to be in the movie. And I'm like, you know what though, but. Who cares? It worked in the movie for what it was. He's like, oh, he's a creepy character that you don't want to mess with, but he also serves as just a visual gag because he's so weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like the Pink Panther kind of, like with his <laughs> bowling suit and just his mannerisms. Yeah, the way he polishes his ball. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like forever ingrained in my head. <laughs> that, that's that's pretty classic. I try to do everything I can that way. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, so, has anybody? Can you think of any other movies where a side character like that got a spin-off movie and it was successful? Because the only thing I can think of is the movie U.S. Marshals, which is Tommy oh, Lee yeah. Jones' character okay. from The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. And like, I wouldn't say that movie was successful. Um, well, I mean, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are a but spin-off of Hamlet. It's 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 a parody of Hamlet, like it's with two characters. I don't think, and I don't know if you'd say that's a successful movie either. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, Van Wilder Two: The Rise of Taj. That's also that's, true. Also not successful. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we're gonna find out pretty soon with Hobbs and Shaw if you can. There you go. Off from the main one. That one will be super <laughs> successful. <laughs> Yeah, I think that one will be. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I can't really think of anything like who usually. I mean, Electro. <laughs> Electro. Electro. Oh, Electro. Oh, yeah, I guess that was. I didn't think about but that. But it wasn't successful. Yeah, either. also not successful. But well, neither was Daredevil. And so. neither was yeah. Catwoman's. Yeah, Cat- which was also technically yeah, but that, a spin-off. Yeah, I guess that's a technicality, but it's it's not no. <laughs> i guess it's, it's her own origin story so it's not really a spinoff because it's not the same Catwoman from yeah yeah well she does have the same power set that was from the tim burton cat exactly Woman, yeah. some kind of egyptian cat spirit or something as yeah. opposed to just a cat burglar mm-hmm. and, and it's not even the dc because i don't even think the, the villain that sharon stone plays is in the dc universe anywhere it would have been cool if it was like a clayface character mm. one, of, one of them the female would have made sense for cosmetics yeah exactly yeah. but nope they don't know what they're doing at warner brothers <laughs> most of the time. um i feel like there's like disney stuff wouldn't there isn't there a, wouldn't, like a character that's got spinoff movies there's been a few actually. I mean, Timon and Pumbaa got yeah. their own. Yeah, it's it's they Those mainly are all do like it with straight series. to video stuff, right? Yeah, straight to video stuff. So yeah, doesn't do as well. Um, like yeah, the Timon and Pumbaa was like Lion King one and a half, which was basically Lion King through their point of view. Oh, like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, um, turns or out they were like, actually there a lot of the they'll time. They'll do series, but and and yeah, it's kind of like it's not successful either. Oh, okay. And there you sense. go. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if John Turturro has the stuff. Well, one thing I'm noticing from all these articles, it's almost like we're doing really well-made fan fictions. Oh, wow. You're right. Because like Tarantino's <laughs> doing his version of Star Trek. We're doing, oh, what if this character had a different background story? And yeah. the Joker, what if we put a more... It's all like <laughs> nice, expensive fan fictions that's, that's true. taking over. I was like, what if the Joker was actually Raging Bull? <laughs> Oh man! Or taxi. Yeah. Or no, around. wasn't it uh, King of Comedy? Isn't oh, that? that's right too. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's actually a mishmash of a lot of things. From yeah. Until. Yeah. That's you can tell the reason why Scorsese was going to be involved at a very early stage 
of this movie, of that movie. And De Niro's in it, too. So. De Niro is in it. He's playing a talk show host yeah, of some sort. He looks like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. If anything, it's going to have a good visual style. And I'm, I'm hoping that it just brings something interesting to look at in case it sucks, you know, story-wise. That's the one thing I can say about this one movie I saw recently that you kind of unofficially recommended. <laughs> and... Uh, I was like, well, at least it was. It had some interesting camera choices. But <laughs> man, was I disappointed. In this I think movie. you're just disappointed because you were expecting one thing and didn't get that. Yeah. Well, it still sucked though, even as what it was actually portraying. But see, I went bad. into it knowing nothing, and I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what you gotta do sometimes. If I, if I could mind bleach myself, I would do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you should have just asked beforehand. I would have told you what the movie was about. Well, that's why you should put a little bit of a review. And I'm in your not things. putting it. I'm not doing reviews. I'm just telling people that this is what I'm watching. If you want to know more, you can ask. Huh. You literally were just like, yeah. So that's the main point of the movie. That's it, and nothing else. And I was like, oh well. Based on that, it you know, doesn't sound <laughs> negative. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there is a popular book series called The Wheel of Truth that I know, or Time. The Wheel of Time, sorry, I know nothing about. See, I didn't even know the correct title. But <laughs> Roseman Pike is going to be in the TV series version of it, and I'm cool with that because I think she's a great actress. Like, uh, into oh, yeah. the, or the World's End, um, Jack Reacher, uh, what was that movie I just watched? Uh, the Savages. No, is that what it was called? Savages? She was great in Gone Girl. Gone Girl, yeah, she was oh, great yeah. in that. I don't think it was called Savages. Cause Savages is the one about the drug dealers. This is a movie about Christian Bale being a Union soldier and having to help her, or having to get some oh. natives to an, a different part of the country. It sounds like Savages oh, would be a good title for that. I yeah. I can picture it. It was such a good movie, too. It's uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but she is going to be playing the character of Moiraine. And I just don't know anything about this book series. Um, I'm looking it up now, and I still don't know anything about it. (laughs) This is one of those. I just know that when we taught, we posted it on our on our our social media. People were super excited about it. So, well, I can read the book description at least. I would love to hear that. So the first book, it's written by Robert Jordan. Um, It's called The Eye of the World, and the description for it is: The wheel of time turns, and ages come and go, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth, its birth returns again. In the third age, an age of prophecy, the world and time themselves hang in the balance. What was, what will be, and what is may yet fall under the shadow. And that doesn't give me anything. <laughs> that literally sounds like the prologue to Lord of the Rings. It just sounds like a lot of, like fantasy things <laughs> like, yeah i could hear kate blanchett saying that that's exactly what she says at the beginning of the movie no that's that's, that's, that's not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> it sounds a lot like those things yeah but uh, yes this this movie has fervent fans and they eat it up and um i don't think it's a finished series either but i think the, i'm well, pretty sure the author died. yeah robert jordan died in like 2007 i think yeah. so someone else has been taking it over it's I been is, so, it, is yeah. it like a book on on committee kind of thing like story on committee um Probably. Probably. I'm sure saying that, that it has 14 books in the series, and I'm pretty sure I read that he died before book 12. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it has um, another author tagged to it after 12, Brandon Sanderson. I wonder if he wrote a bio or something before before he That's passed. That's why I was thinking Sanderson. 
It's the new guy. It's the new guy. Does this does the, this casting make you feel any more uh, wanting to check the series out? Um, I mean, it's a fantasy series, so I'll probably check it out. I'm a fantasy fan, so. I mean, so yeah, yeah. I'm equally as invested as I was before the casting. It's still something I'd be interested in checking out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, this would be like my next Game of Thrones thing because, I mean, if if I ended up liking it because I knew nothing about uh, this Song of Fire and Ice before watching Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and it's it, it you know it's made me want to read the books more since the show became a thing. Or, yeah, but I'm it's not going rewarding. to. So <laughs> well, you should definitely check out the audiobooks then cuz they actually go by a lot quicker than you think. Really? I'm a super slow reader. Like it would have taken me like a whole year to get through book 5 and it's only like 13 hours maybe of continuous listening and you can break that up, you know, on the commute. Oh, like I mean, it. I drive I do a lot of driving for my for my job, so Yeah, and if there's any downtime, you could just be playing it in the background and getting all of it. I mean, it's definitely worthwhile to like binge the books that way too. I highly recommend Audible. Call audible.com. You can get 10% off your next purchase. <laughs> do, you, do you have a promo code? <laughs> is, is it Geek Out? <laughs> it's Geek Out. It's Audible. Oh, no. no. Well, if you start Audible, you get your free book. <laughs> oh, there <laughs> That's the promo. <laughs> just their own promo. Uh... So, speaking of books, guess what? Suzanne Collins is going to be writing another Hunger Games book. Oh, right. It's a prequel. It's a prequel. (laughs) We're going 64 years into the past for the 10th annual Hunger Games. Uh, Were you guys fans of the Hunger Games? Um, Books or movies? I did enjoy the books, and I also enjoyed the movies. Okay. I like the first two movies. I saw part of the third, and I got really bored at some point. Well, the third was split into two parts, too, so that... First, oh, yeah. The so, part one was, of course, slow because that's just how two part movies are. Yeah. So I haven't seen part two then. <laughs> I think I only saw the first one and the second one. I don't know if I saw the second one or not. I know I saw a second Hunger Games movie, but I might have skipped to the third one. I'm not sure at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, I don't know. The, the, I don't know what, what the significance of the 10th Hunger Games I, is going to be. I want to say the 10th Hunger Games is the one that they're. Yeah, the the guy that trains them was oh, in Mitch? one. I, I think. Or Hamish. Hamish, yeah. Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I can't remember. I wrote I read it like ten years ago. I read it well before the movies came out, mm-hmm. so you know, for your next Haymitch podcast, you should just take all of the times they say Haymitch in the Hunger Games <laughs> just and just play edit it, it together. A super cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Haymitch. 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 Hey bitch. I mean, I didn't start that podcast just to, you know, bite off the success of those those shows or that those books and movies or anything. It's just a serendipitous. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Uh, okay, so yeah, Hunger Games, sixty four years into the into the past. Suzanne Collins. Uh, it's already being talked about at Lionsgate for a movie adaptation, even though the book hasn't even been written yet. Yeah, that's not that odd, though. And <laughs> yeah, it'll be broken up into a trilogy already, I can bet. <laughs> uh, I, I could I could see that happening as well. Uh, more, more books. Netflix's Chronicles of Narnia finds its creative architect with Coco co-writer Matthew Aldrich. Uh, did you guys remember that they were doing a Chronicles of Narnia series over there at uh, Netflix? Because I, I totally forgot about I it. I did remember that <laughs> so does the co-writer of coco make you more enticed that he's going to be the showrunner for this 
yeah coco was a great movie okay so like does the does the tra- does that translate over though for you? Do you know I mean? Like obviously he's a writer; he's going to be able to, to write yeah. one thing and write a different thing. Uh-huh. But like things that you saw in Coco, or are they is there anything that's tra- translatable into Chronicles of Narnia? We know we have uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, I mean, you, you have the fantasy element in mm-hmm. Coco, the world building, the, yeah. the set design type. You know, it's very fantastical, but okay. still grounded. Okay. Yeah. And it's more like the grounding of it that did so well for Coco, too. So, And that would do really well for Narnia. Especially you need really good world building. I mean, it kind of helps you already have Narnia. Right. So, like, <laughs> the world building's already done for you, unless you, like, really screw it up. But, <laughs> Which is possible. Um, but, yeah, like, a good writer is a good writer. He's going to be able to write in any form. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, Why not? Yeah, he already did something good. Uh... Yeah. Next show that we're probably going to be talking about here is Stranger Things. So one of our stars from Stranger Things has a new Netflix prank show, hidden camera prank show. Gaiden Matarazzo. I, I, I probably butchered that. I but think it's Matarazzo. Matarazzo. Uh, he plays... Who? Oh, Dustin? <laughs> Dustin, thank you. <laughs> Dustin, <laughs> I was pointing at you. (laughs) You were supposed to come in with that. I knew you know that name. So yes, he plays Dustin on Stranger Things. Uh, There was some controversy about this because the show is going to be a prank show where they tell people that they are getting hired for a new job, and while at this job, something catastrophic happens, like you know maybe the place gets robbed or uh, there's a fire or something like that, and now they have to deal with that. And and people were very upset, saying, "Look, you know, people are really struggling for jobs right now. Why are you you messing with them in this way?" Well, they're getting paid for it. <laughs> like, this is they true. technically have a job being on the film. Well, the funny thing, now that I think about it, I f- feel like that's the way a lot of prank shows get people that's onto true. it. Because I'm thinking there's a magician show I watch, um, The Cabanero Effect, ah. and a lot of it takes place in job settings, and you can tell that the person that he's with is on the first day of the job right or like the second day so i feel like this is normal and it's just somebody found out about it and then got triggered like, yeah you know you're absolutely right like scare tactics i remember that one from a few years ago that was the same thing where you know someone got a job for the like as a, a security guard at night at, of this place and then all of a sudden you know crazy rat monster comes out of nowhere and attacks them or scares them out of half to death so it was another one called them which stood for totally hidden extreme magic Extreme magic. Yes. And what I loved about that is that after the the prank was over and they explained, oh, like, this is all just a a prank or whatever. And they say, we're one of them. And that was like supposed to be their tagline. (laughs) And they would just have this look of confusion because this was like the first season. Nobody knows who them are. It's just like, what was it, J.B. Kennedy experiment where he's like, you just been X'd? Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense to (laughs) me. And it didn't really last long, so... But they did have some pretty cool... I mean, and they did pretty standard magic tricks, but in the context where you don't know they're doing a magic trick, it really did, like, screw over some people, like, nearly gave some of them heart attacks. Mm. You have the one dude that started coughing flies all of a sudden, and uh, you had this one... My favorite one, though, I don't know why I still remember this. It just got seared in my brain, because I was like, that is so cruel, it's awesome. They had... You know, they they tell these people it's a day job. They're gonna be moving boxes from like a top floor down to like the first floor, and they're like, yeah, the reason why we're moving the office is because something happened. 
Uh, somebody got attacked. We don't know what the deal was. Gave them like basically the whole backstory to the beginning of a horror movie. And then they're in the elevator holding some boxes, and there's some shady-looking person in the hoodie. And then they start <laughs> screaming suddenly, and they start levitating. Uh, oh, okay. And so the magic trick is the levitation. Yes. Yeah. And so they're, like, freaking out because, like, you know, first they've already been told, like, oh, like, this place has some bad energy or something. And they don't know that, you know, this guy's going to be doing a trick. And I was like, that is so brilliant. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely hope that they got sued for this, though, because <laughs> these guys are such idiots. Uh, so the, the ending to that was that, uh, Netflix came out and said, Hey, these people, when they were hired, they knew that they were only going to be working for one day. That was the part of the job was that, Hey, you're only going to be hired for a day. Obviously they will get paid. They will be compensated for their likeness to be videotaped and, and distributed. Mm-hmm. So they'll get paid well enough. And I, I you know, those people aren't <laughs> upset. Then you really shouldn't be upset about yeah. it. So that's uh that's it. All I have for news stories this week. Would any, anything you guys wanted to talk about? Yeah, we anything we want to talk about? Um, well, apparently Disney opened up this new portion <laughs> uh, that's somewhat Star Wars themed. Uh, somewhat? Somewhat? Ga- <laughs> Galaxy's Edge, I believe. I believe that's something like what they were yeah. saying. Yeah, the Outer Rim or something. Yeah, ba- Bantu. It's yes. actually Bantu, part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so it's, it's actually a recreation of a real place in Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote. And um, it's actually so badass that I kind of want to sell a kidney so I can go to it. <laughs> Does anybody really want to buy your kidneys, though? I mean, as long as you don't know what they've been through. Ah, okay. It's just buyer beware, you know? Uh, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's a kidney. That's all you need to know. <laughs> you don't got to put it in you. It's all eat it, you know? I don't think that's why people buy kidneys is to eat them. Well, yeah, there's some people out there with very specific tastes. All right. So what have the two of you Star Wars people heard about this Galaxy's Edge now that it's been open for, what, three weeks? Uh, yeah, three or four. Maybe going on four. Yeah. About a month, yeah. Um, okay. So th- th- you're very excited about... Uh, $200 lightsabers, I remember that. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. You, you get to build your own lightsaber and you go through like a whole ceremony about it and... It's, very high quality stuff. If you've ever seen um, Clone Wars or played The Old Republic, it's a really big deal to like make your own lightsaber mm-hmm. and they recreate that experience. <laughs> and from everything like I've seen hole. of people, yes, I mean, they go through. I like to think about is freaking the wands from Harry Potter. It's a lot like that. It's close. I would even say it's even more. There's, there's definitely an element of like the crystal chooses the owner <laughs> as well. You know, like the, the heart of your lightsaber it determines mm-hmm. so much about your personality. I mean, like it's actually really interesting because it's also a personality test. You know, they give you all these different options and choices uh, for both aesthetics and for like the lore behind it. Um, so you right off the bat, you can choose between like a Jedi or a Sith design, and then from there you can just customize it even further. And like it's super interchangeable, so you basically can have a relatively unique you know lightsaber that's all can be all your own. Although I'm pretty sure there's some styles that are more preferred than others. So it's like so there's going to be a lot that looks similar. Um, but yeah, you go through this whole process, and I was really kind of just you know blowing that off thinking well that's stupid you know why would anybody want to go through this and then i saw the videos of people doing it and i'm like i need to do this <laughs> this is so cool this is what i've always wanted yeah. to exist just like i've always wanted for there to be like a real martial arts school that teaches you jedi combat 
this is like the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And it's full blown role playing when you're inside that part of the park. So one thing you won't hear in in the park is you won't hear Galaxy's Edge because right. it's not Galaxy's Edge. It's Bantu. Bantu. Like yeah. that's what it is. You are in Star Wars. If you wear um, Rebel Alliance clothes, the stormtroopers will pick on you. Mm-hmm. They'll call you traitors. They'll, you know, um, interact with you. And then if you go and find a rebel, they'll interact with you too and say, hey, like, doing the job, like, <laughs> and stuff like that. And um, you can also fly the Millennium Falcon. You actually get graded on how well you fly the Millennium Falcon. See, that blew me away, too, because I thought it was just, like, a set piece that you could go into. No. Like the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. No. No, this is, like, a full-blown, like, not only is it a faithful recreation of the Millennium Falcon outside and in, you can actually fly it in, like, a little mini version of the Star Tours. Right. But it's also interactive. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, it, what really did it for me? Is the merchandise? Oh yeah. yeah well, that's what they—they're they're hoping that it really does. Yeah. I hate the corporate aspect of it. I know that Star Wars is—I mean, you can't get more corporate than Star Wars now, especially since the Disney buyout. But it's just the unique quality of the things that they have available there, and I think only there. Um, yeah, Disney is all about in-park exclusives, so of course it's going to have a lot of in-park ex- exclusives. And this—the the things, the things, and the stuff. That you can get here are so incredible imperial credits yes you can buy imperial <laughs> credits like 14 karat can gold you, imperial it's shown credits. like once in the movies <laughs> you yeah. can get this is how crazy it is you can buy the little mre kit that luke has in the empire strikes back for like three seconds you don't even see it head on you just see him crack open a box and take out like a couple of pretzel sticks and they actually went to him, asked him, hey, what was in that? And he told them, oh, it's just like mixed nuts and Why, why not just ask and, Lucas? Why uh, not ask uh, the set designer? Lucas wasn't involved in Empire, really. He wouldn't have known anyway. I think he's more of the idea guy okay. than the nitty-gritty detail prop kind of person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, and to that point, they also had Yoda's little lamp that he stole from Luke's, like, ration kit yeah he and r2 fight over it yes they have that they have that lamp and it's not even that expensive that was my other thing was like it's not even that expensive it's actually like normal disney prices they have like a five pack of chance cubes and like i want some (laughs) they're so awesome the chance cubes are like 12 dollars or something galaxy's edge is also the only place in disneyland that that's not an eatery that you can buy alcohol like a like a restaurant? Yes, it is. Um, so they have a cantina. So it's not the most Isley cantina. It has its own name. Like, Ogden's Bar. Or yeah, like yeah. So you can get alcohol in it. Now, um, can you also buy death sticks? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> if you could buy all these things, it's so interactive. I mean, I hope that there's somebody cosplaying as. Uh, <laughs> Elon Slee's Bagano walking around with those things. And he's trying to sell them, and people just be like, nah, you no, you don't want to sell me. No, no. He's just they're constantly being like, I don't want to sell you nothing. It's like, you, you want to go home and rethink your life. Yeah. <laughs> and he does a little finger twirl with the make I ha- him go away. I have heard that uh, you. Which, by the way, side note, that guy that plays that character was also Mouse in The Matrix, the first Matrix movie. Hmm. Oh, cool. Nice. Just a little thing I knew. Um. <laughs> 
uh, cast members. Yes, you talk to cast members, and you can't talk to any talk to them about anything outside of Bantu. It's like, oh, that sounds like a off world thing. I don't know what you're yeah, talking the, about. Yeah, kinda. that's pretty much what they do. Yeah, yeah, they stay in character. They stay in yeah. complete character. Which, which honestly is not that weird for Disney. Like no. Cinderella is not going to be like, oh, I saw you on Facebook. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty normal for Disney. <laughs> but you can ask you can ask Cinderella where where Adventureland is. I imagine, right? Um, I you know what I I think you can. Like, you could be like, which direction to, or where can I find the nearest uh, lemonade stand or something like that? But She'll be like, it's um, that, Yeah, but she do, they, they're they trying to do like a cinder, like a character spin on it. Like, okay. the way they talk to you is going to be like how that character would talk. So they won't, like, they probably won't call a cell phone a cell phone. Right. But they, they might be able to direct you somewhere. Uh, like, I wouldn't. I'd have to see and watch videos. I've seen some really that. cool videos of, like, fan interactions with some of the cast members. Um some of the best ones are like Gaston and oh, the, yeah. the evil queen from Snow White. Oh, like, we're going into the whole park now. We're not talking in, about in Gaston general, yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, because I'm still watching just like the merchandise stuff of like a Galaxy's Edge. Eventually, I'll get into like the little propaganda speeches that they do and the yeah. other interactions that they have going yeah, on. Yeah, they have a bunch of shows going on like here and there all throughout the park of like rebels fighting in, um, Imperials. Which, um, oh, the other thing is it it is during the current. Um, movies of Star Wars, so you're not going to see Darth Vader in it. You're only going to see Kylo Ren, Rey, and the ones from the current one. Um, right. If you want to see Darth Vader, they have another place um, where other Star Wars stuff is outside right. of Band too. So that's another like, don't go in there expecting Darth yeah, Vader because it's, it's its own unique. It's its own time frame. In Essentially, the it's, time frame it's going to always be the current. Yeah. Whatever's currently happening with Star Wars is going to be happening in Gal- Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. They did mention that it's basically taking place in real time mm-hmm. with uh, what's happening in the movies. And uh, that there's little Easter eggs hidden throughout mm-hmm. and That's a potential thing. like plot things also kind of being hinted at here and there. But you won't know what they mean until... till you watch the movie. So yeah, the whole... It could change after the next movie too. So who knows? Now you didn't talk about the Build-A-Bear droids. Well, I was getting to that. Uh. <laughs> you can build your own droid as well. You can choose at this time from two different body styles, an R2 or a BV-8. BV-8, obviously, you're going to have less choices because it's like a head and a ball body. But I think you can change like the colors of the panels on it. Mm-hmm. R2s, you have a little bit more flexibility with like the head shapes and things like that. And... You can, and of course, Disney being Disney, you know, you get like a base product and you can also upgrade with premium features. <laughs> so you can buy personality chips for your droid and they have they come you in can, different colors. Yeah, if you can buy those, if you're smart enough, can you just program them yourself? You probably can. Probably I mean, could it, it, it basically out, yeah. just looks like the end of a, like an SD card, mm-hmm. but with like some, you know, like Star Wars glare. Yeah. Some Star Wars flair. Goober, yeah. goober on top. Yeah. <laughs> goober. And uh, yeah, so it looks like you probably could hack like a ROM of those and just have all of them and mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, yeah, basically you can make them. And, and apparently, I haven't proven this yet, but they say in the videos that the droids will also interact with other droids in the park mm-hmm. and with different attractions. Yeah, so it depends on like what side of the park you're on. And if, you know, if you're on the resistance side or if you're on the first order side, what your droid is going to act like. So if you put like the resistant personality chip in it, it probably will act like more excited on the resistance side of the park as opposed to on the Imperial side. It might try to be like sneaky when it's on the or first order. Sorry, first order side. Can I get myself a K2SO model? That one's not an option yet no. in the droid factory, but I'm. you look hard enough, you'll find a K2SO in there. Yeah. And then, uh, are, so they're, more, they're more remote controlled. 
Mm-hmm. Is it uh, app based, like off your phone? Do they give you a remote to to use it? Um, is it blue, Bluetooth. You have a physical remote. Oh. Yep. I've seen a video of somebody actually using it, and it looks kind of like a remote straight out of Star Wars. Pretty much like blue and red buttons. Pretty simple to use. Oh, that's another thing I really love too. They have uh, you can get like all kinds of the like insignia that the vampire uses. The little, I always used to call them the cough drops because they were these really large, chunky, like red, blue, and yellow kind of glossy looking buttons that show you your rank, your oh, military yeah. rank. Okay. You can actually get all those now. Like, and you can interchange them to change your rank. Yeah. You can be like a Grand Admiral or so just a... Star Wars cosplayers are going to just have the oh, have, yeah. have, have the run of the place. They have, yeah, they have tons of that. Well, they have Amidala's headdress <laughs> <laughs> for like $100. <laughs> Yeah, they have some expensive stuff. They have some really expensive stuff. Uh, hundred dollars for Amadella's headdress is not a hun- not that expensive. Yeah, like. but they they have the the necklace that Anakin gave Padme, that little like wooden yeah, necklace that gave her in, the, in episode one. Uh, yeah. Does does the <laughs> droid also go autonomous? Like, can can you be like not I, be controlled and just I let think it, it run has around a like a mode. Oh, okay. I yeah. think so. I know because the, the uh, Sphero BB-8s uh, and R2s can do that too. So I would assuming if they're just as advanced, they can do that. Yeah. Last question. Jess, when's the, when's the next time you're going? Uh, as of now, I have a trip planned for February. but February? That's yeah, as soon as it's going to be? Probably. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying to save my money, but then this <laughs> stuff happens. And I actually had just went like... You did. Probably three weeks before. Hey, you got two kidneys. <laughs> I do, and they're actually pretty healthy. <laughs> See, now people might want to buy those kidneys. <laughs> All right, so that's your Disney report for this week. More, more accurately, your Galaxy's Edge report for this week. I'm sure there will be more in the oh, upcoming yes. weeks. They have a moisture evaporator. It actually <laughs> looks like a moisture evaporator from Tatooine, and it functions. It spritzes you. It's awesome. It's so clever and creative. And I want to go so bad. If you can get blue milk and you can get green milk. Yes. At the cantina. Yep. Made with coconut milk. Oh. Oh. Yep. There you go. And seaweed, probably. But I think it's time to start talking about Black Black Mirror. (laughs) Oh, wait. Is that what we're here for? (laughs) supposed to be talking about. So Black Mirror Season 5, Episode 3, Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2. This is the infamous Miley Cyrus episode. Um, <laughs> how how did you how did you guys feel about the stunt casting for this episode? I really didn't care. No, I was like, eh, I mean, yeah, you, Miley Cyrus. You got a pop star to play a pop star. Yeah, like big stretch, sense. big stretch. Yeah, I have to admit, um, when she first started singing her signature song in the episode, I was like, why does this sound so familiar? <laughs> like, and then it's got to the deserve part, and I was like. Oh, a bunch of people are gonna be upset about this, aren't they? But mm-hmm. then, when at the end of the episode, when they when she's actually playing the hole in the head song or head like a hole, yeah, yeah, uh, I was like, ah, oh, they meant to do that. They they wanted you to to remember that other song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so that that just bugged me throughout the whole episode. Pretty much was all it was. Uh, the technology I feel we saw in this one is the same that we saw from White Christmas with uh, John Hamm of teaching the little egg timer thingy uh to be that person so essentially um miley cyrus's character of ashley um her brain waves were downloaded into a to the program so that it could then be um pushed out to all these ashley two dolls mm-hmm. 
and the Ashley two dolls uh, would then have her personality, but there is a firewall, so to speak, that mm-hmm. will only allow like one percent of her personality, the personality to be used. Personality restrictor. Only the bubbly. Yeah. Positive. The part that her tiny aunt little being <laughs> wants to be out there. Um, the, I would say the biggest problem I had with this episode is that the two eventually intersecting storylines. Mm-hmm to me were unnecessary like i didn't feel like i needed the stuff with the girl that owned the doll like her her issues with her uh you know after her mother passes away and then trying to be popular and then doing the dance at the talent show and failing at it like all these things didn't mean anything to me until and then we had because that's the story i thought we were going to follow i thought that was the stuff that was that was going to matter and the stuff with miley cyrus Mm -hmm. wasn't going to be important but then that's where the episode goes. It's all about her aunt taking over her life, you know, putting her into a chemical coma and yeah. then trying to sell off uh, her, person- her personality and then eventually trying to kill her. Yeah. So that's my issue with this, this episode. I actually liked it because it was like that. Okay. Like, I like how it played on it. I don't know. And, but I do kind of think, like you mentioned, like, earlier that it was really black mirror-y and yeah, yeah. it was kind of sort of this episode was kind of like disney doing a black mirror episode almost yeah. like it really reminded me <laughs> and it, i don't it could be because miley cyrus was in it but like the two girls story really made me think of those like older like disney channel movies yeah. kind of vibe from it and that they end up saving the day <laughs> from this horrible situation it was like it was like a Disney Channel movie upgraded. <laughs> it was like not quite. But cute I kind of liked it because of that. So. Yeah, I mean, it was also weird with the whole uh, like all the Ashley Two dolls were recalled and then destroyed. Like, was that a conscious uh, decision on the ants part? Do you feel because she knew this is a possibility that someone could? Oh, unlock the personalities or uh, it could be but i think also it was because they were glitching anytime they heard a news story about her that's, that's true. what happened that's true so like okay. when you have something spazzing out but they blamed it on a battery issue too i think i heard them say that they say, oh they're being recalled because of faulty batteries or something yeah but that was actually caused by the glitches of the mm. doll wanting to get its firewall busted i mean you would think, think. that a piece of technology like that uh, and we see it nowadays like anybody gets a brand new phone Mm -hmm. the first thing they do is dissect all the the coding in it and stuff like that you know piece uh, you would think that as soon as an ashley two doll came out someone would have busted that firewall because the girl doesn't even really uh, jack doesn't really seem to understand computers at all (laughs) she's like i don't know what i'm doing and she just clicks on a button and then boom done they did that way too easily (laughs) yeah that's where the disney channel came from (laughs) this is way too easy so that's i guess that's the thing that i brought up earlier is that we see charlie re or charlie brooker uh reusing a lot of the technology we've seen in the other episodes Mm -hmm. so striking vipers was a lot like uh the the technology we saw from uss mcallister um or uss mcallister uh with the little things you put on your head um what's the past one the smithereens i get i mean that's just social media that's kind of the same thing that was our world that's our yeah, yeah that was our world maybe maybe hated in the nation you could also say that was uh, partly there because that was the one where everybody voted on whether or not someone should die. Oh yeah. Or, or social media but also had justice. The, the drones in it. Too. They had the B drones. Yeah. That was the biggest. But it was it was all about social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one was too. So uh, I also 
uh, I, I know we talked about it last time, but the there is an Easter egg for that the same company that makes pl- that did playtest uh-huh. was the one that made the Striking Vipers oh. game. Oh. That was in the Striking Vipers episode and in this episode. They they make a, a reference to it with um, oh, one nice. of the one of the scrolling the scrolling things on the on the news reports. So it's like striking oh. vipers leading to an uh, era no, of world peace. No, it doesn't say anything <laughs> like it. Just says it says the launch of the striking vipers video game yeah. by Shido Geist or something like that. Oh. Shido. Oh, okay, so. so same. Same company, okay. same world, same thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. What I mean. What did you think about when Ashley Two f- first calls out Jack on on her preference for music? I thought that was really cool writing right there because it made she's all like Jack is like oh you know you just do poppy music and it's not cool and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then she's like well what music do you listen to and she's she lists off a whole bunch of stuff and she's mm-hmm. like is are those foreign languages no they're retro they're stuff that my mom listens to so oh you only listen to things your mom listens to. <laughs> And then she's like, just go to sleep. Like, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. Like, that was a great little line. Other than that, I didn't, I just, I didn't get a lot out of this episode. Yeah. Well, I, I really didn't like the bullying to, what was the other girl, Rachel. Okay. But that felt so, I don't know. I don't feel like kids bully each other like that <laughs> anymore. I feel like this new generation's a bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, they bully her for her dad having a job kind that of thing. Weird, yeah. And I feel like nowadays, they're like, happy. oh, yeah, your, your dad has a job. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, a, a pretty a pink vibe with the working class dad yes, that yeah. looks like they, yeah. it looked like they had, well, they talked about they had just moved there, but he looks way like blue collar for that neighborhood. Very. Yeah. I also thought it was funny that everywhere that he went, he talked to somebody about <laughs> pest control. Like, your your pest control here is not good. movie. <laughs> <laughs> like the dude's like I'm just the janitor quirky I don't dads. know yeah like Disney Channel movie quirky uh, dads uh, yeah, oh, what was I gonna say oh but but the one thing I, I was very surprised with was that at the scene at the talent show when she dances and mm-hmm. then she screws up the last part yeah you don't have a bunch of people just sitting there laughing at her from the audience, no, which I thought even, was going to happen, but didn't happen. Like, Aiden, like, yeah, it's just the blank stares. Which I don't even know if that would happen either. Like, I feel like there would be a teacher being like, get up, come on, like, yeah. you can do it. Like, we're not, I don't know, maybe I'm too optimistic about the world, <laughs> but I feel like I would be the person to be like, yeah, like, starting to clap, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually, how we are now, aren't we? That's <laughs> the scene I thought we were going to get was like the one person being like, Come on, everybody, give yeah. her the hand. You and know, then kind she of thing. gets like actual yeah. human encouragement as opposed to, but no, it was too early in the show for that. So, <laughs> so I, mean, I, I guess that the whole thing was so that so when she got her Ashley 2 doll back, she wouldn't feel like she needed anymore because she she talks about how she's like uh, Ashley 2 is going to be so disappointed in her, like as yeah. if it's a thing. So she, when she gets the doll back, she's like, she just puts it on the shelf and t- makes it go to sleep. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't rely on it anymore, even though she just went through this traumatic thing. That's the only, that way it's not, it wasn't around when the first initial problems were happening mm-hmm. until the thing, the news report said, Ashley, wake up. Like that's yeah. the reason why it wakes up off the shelf. Yeah. I don't know. And then glitches. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the the, the, the doll having a foul mouth. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I love that. The, the real personality. What's this thing in my head? <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was definitely different. It was, but I, I, I said I just felt like, especially when at the end, when, when you have the aunt just kind of go, fuck. Like, like she knows that she it's, yeah. it's all up. Like, 
the 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 jig is up so to speak mm-hmm. it didn't go further like i wanted to see more of like uh news reports or you know some, something all we got was well that'll be the banner scrolling on the next black mirror there you go. Yeah, <laughs> sure, we gotta keep watching yeah uh, this episode felt like charlie brooker kind of called it early and it just just got to the end. Like yeah. he, he came with Thrones season eight on this one. Because <laughs> there was definitely some cool ideas. I really like how they play around with the idea that, you know, that the uh, Ashley facade is all, you know, that's not really her. It's mm-hmm. just this plastic persona that she's doing for, for money, for, for fame, and how she wants to move beyond that. But they're trying to milk her. So even as in the coma... They're still exploiting her creativity. They're, they're extracting it from her subconscious, basically, and still making product out of it. I thought that was pretty cool I thought, technology. Yeah, that was probably my favorite <laughs> and, technology piece. And I love the, the, the idea that, like, essentially, to, get, to, to bring her back to life, they just kind of cycled power on her. They turned her <laughs> off and back on again, <laughs> and she came out of her coma. So I was like, so she's essentially is a product that mm-hmm. you just well, have to... Yeah, they actually is a product, and... I mean, I, maybe that's the cynical part of me is that I, that's what I feel about all movie pop stars and stuff like that. It, yeah. It's all a product. This it's is something definitely that Jojo Siwa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I did like the very end of the credit scene when you have the, the, her old fans, Ashley's mm-hmm. old fans oh, coming yeah. to the grunge show and being like, oh, that's hey, not Ashley. <laughs> this isn't what we wanted. We want the other thing. So, so that was, I that was a interesting. positive one. Um, but all she was doing was just covering what Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, but she, it wasn't a cover because she says it's her only original song. It, so it's a cover in our world, yeah. but in their world, it's not a cover. So she was kind of uh, yeah. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Um, and then I guess it didn't really feel like a resolution that like the older sister. You know, you see one of the ways that she kind of just deals with things is she plays her you know music or plays along mm-hmm. to you know the retro songs that her mom used to listen to. And she didn't really like she like she liked her sister and cared for her, but wasn't really involved with her. And this little adventure kind of brought them closer together. And now she's like in the band with Ashley. Yeah. Like uh, there was like a few leaps there narratively. That oh yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the, what what they were trying to go for there was like how the two sisters were dealing with the grief of their mother dying mm-hmm. in two very different ways. But yeah, like the very end of it, it's just okay. Now they're fine. Like. It's not, there's no, they're like figuring things out. Yeah. You can definitely get a sense that they're there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely see Rachel listening to the music, the grunge music and liking it Mm -hmm. at the end. So So. here's where we're going to get into the controversial part of the episode. Okay. Uh, Oh, you and me. Yes. Yes. Yes, we will. Is, is Ashley two a real person? Yes. No. Ashley two is not a real person. She's programmed to think that she is Ashley. No. I believe if we're to take this technology as functioning the way it's described in this setting, uh-huh. that that is an exact imprint of Ashley's mind. And it's not it's no longer the original Ashley, but she has all of the same personalities and memories, obviously, because she knew how to get there. And, you know, she even spoke for her original body is like, trust me, like, I wouldn't want to be living like this. And, you know, made the choice to, like, kill herself. And like she, she was fully autonomous. She may not, she may not have been literally Ashley anymore, but she was a free-thinking artificial being now. That that's... she can make her own choices outside of Ashley's choices. Yes, there, there was no longer a program. Oh, that that would be my question. Actually, <laughs> can she be her own being 
or is she just going to do the same thing Ashley will do if she was in that setting that would be what makes her human and we don't have enough information to figure that out I think we do have enough information that's why she's not autonomous because okay. at the one point where the two of them say uh, they both say we, we play, or I played at this place or something like that they both say the same thing at the exact same time that means she wouldn't do the thing a, di- a different thing than what Ashley because she is programmed to think that she is Ashley well, I don't think she's programmed to think that she's Ashley. It's a copy of Ashley's she's brain. Programmed to be Ashley. Exactly. She is Ashley. So to have to be her own being, she'd have to have her own personality outside of Ashley. But what I'm she's literally to, a copy. That means she's not human. But I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I'm trying to say she's not. There's no pre-programmed responses simply because the original Ashley would make the same choice would only imply. Well, then does that mean that Ashley is also programmed? to respond to certain stimuli a certain way because i think that that's my only point is that even if it, it's it's no longer a program it's a copy of the person no so it's, a, if anything, it's a program using the copy to 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 do what the they th- it thinks that the the original would do it's using algorithms it's not using thought See, and I think that's where I would disagree. I think they got to a point where they have quantum computing and it's no longer like uh, if this, then that scenario. It's much more complex than that because they've actually mapped the brain to react the <laughs> you way You don't the have that. I think it's more, if anything, it's a clone, not an actual individual human. It's a clone of a human that just happens to be a robot. It's a clone of a human's brain and personality. Yeah, I, I, I can go with That's that. That's what it is. <laughs> but that would not make it its own separate being. Maybe. That, well, maybe you would. Good. <laughs> no, no, don't falter. Oh, don't falter. Don't. <laughs> See, to me, it's no different than if the what they did in um, uh, what was the show we watched with Joel Kinnaman? Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. Yes. Like at the end of that one, when they made a copy of him, they went off on its own little adventure while the main one did its like thing rescuing the mm-hmm. or destroying that sky citadel, mm-hmm. um, and then they get brought back together. Um, they're both essentially still the same person, but they both, you know, are also kind of separate. Even if they would react the same way to certain situations, they are now both two different people based off of an original. And it wouldn't be like a program. There could come a point where... But see, that's the thing is that a human body isn't a program. It's not a computer. It, it, the, once, once you're given form and you have to worry about real life real life decisions and whether or not to me whether or not uh you know it's if it's going to hurt you or harm you or whatever like the Ashley Two doll doesn't have to worry about breathing air it doesn't have to worry about uh consuming food like you, you probably don't think Johnny 5 is alive Johnny 5 is not alive you monster <laughs> <laughs> he died for you he did he didn't die for my sins <laughs> i didn't elect him anyways look uh we're not gonna once again we're not gonna agree on this it's it's ashley 2 is not alive in my opinion it's it's not okay she's not a living thing but she's conscious she's not consciousness either she's a program using uh information that that they have beforehand to then calculate what's the next move that ashley would do that's that's a normal human calculates her own moves when ashley's in the coma but that's using what Ashley would have done. I don't think the real Ashley would have thought to do that. The real do Ashley, what? she was very smart. She she knew to yes. she knew to, to not take her pills. She she looked up contract law. She she the only thing that got bested her was that 
her love for Chinese food, like yeah. Chinese takeout. <laughs> like, she, she was about to not knowing that your aunt would poison, poison you. you. Yeah, like or the fact that she put cameras in her dressing room, which is creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like the fact that they had not only a security guard but a legit doctor that would be on the aunt side to keep the her drugged up and stuff like that it was yeah it had a pretty really anti-hippocratic weird. oath that whole yeah that, that was a really weird michael jackson bite from that whole situation yeah that's true too yeah yeah um yeah. or um uh, oh what's her name dorothy the actress who played judy garland garland yeah she was kept drugged up in order to work too. oh so was, i did not uh, know that yeah they kept her they'd put her on depressants to go to sleep and then um Stimulants to stimulants to keep her working late into the night. Also, like on Wizard of Oz. I want to say, I it probably did start during Wizard of Oz, but it throughout her entire career she was always on drugs. Wow. Also, Monroe and Brian Wilson. Yeah, basically all of all of Hollywood and even like rock stars come out and say like you'll go to an event with managers and there'll be a table just infested with like drugs. pharmaceuticals yeah well, yeah Bondi Crew happy. had a song called Dr. Feelgood it's all about that yeah but that was yeah. more of them wanting to do that stuff and wow. I, I yeah the more I think of it the, the more that does feel like Black Mirror because actually it might that probably might be the point is that why it was so Disney Channel and why it was so was it is so anti- corporate controlling people controlling artists and like now it now it feels intentional more so yeah and in the fact that that is what it's pointing out it's doing it in an interesting way but i think it is all very intentional for it to be so different from other black mirror episodes because it's actually talking about something that possibly can happen that's definitely happening (laughs) (laughs) if you ever want to lose your faith in humanity you should definitely look into like the child grooming that goes supposedly reported under disney and nickelodeon guidelines no thank you it's some interesting stuff no no cool google dan schneider (laughs) yeah i mean i i know i'll actively say i'm a disney fan but that doesn't mean i don't know (laughs) you You just kind of have to put it back you know just wait till after galaxy's edge compartmentalize Uh, all right, so if you fall on the line of uh, artificial intelligence rights <laughs> or, or yes. not, not one, day, you. one day my mind might be uploaded in the machine. And, and that I won't be you. Somebody no. come you around, will be gone. But there will be a part of me that lives on. No. And we'll look back and remember there will be, it's flesh incarnate. There will be, be a thankful. program that thinks like you, but not you. This is hurting my brain. <laughs> like I really want to figure this out because well, n- not unless you believe it's very in the nature versus nurture. I don't, I don't believe in the singularity either. So. It's, it, it could happen. <laughs> All right, Ugh. we want to hear from you. So <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I am at Michipedia G E M. John is also on Twitter as yes, I am at Magic Bollocks. And now. <laughs> The newest Twitter member. I have a Twitter. <laughs> Where can they find you? Uh, J.M. Bailey writes. That's right. You can find her. And all of her Disney geekiness on Twitter will be there. <laughs> I expect to see constant updates from Galaxy Z. I'm already like, putting all the Disney stuff and everything so I can figure it out. Actually, my mom's even like worse than me. <laughs> That's where I get most of my info from is from my mom. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I, next week we're going to start uh, Stranger Things season, season three. Like I will watch one episode a week. I know John will go ahead I, and watch the I, whole thing. I, I promise to watch one episode. Oh, a week. Really? Yes. really? I will. 
I will become tantric in my Stranger Thingsness. And 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 Jess, I will attempt to watch. It's one that I've gotten my parents into, so they might be upset if I watch it without them. But I might maybe I'll do it behind their back or yeah, something. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully they don't watch. listen. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be the two of us watching or uh, discussing, and her with a big grin on her face because she knows what's coming next. That's coming next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so if you wanna. Check out the rest of Geekly Media on Twitter. It's at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geeklymedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.